Good afternoon. You are listening to KXSF. This is Pamela Bush, and we have a really fun special program today. Uh, I will be interviewing Zach Southern, the new executive director of our station, in just a few minutes, and then we're going to have three hours of reggae performances. As a matter of fact, while we're getting ready to kick things off, we're going to start off with a little bit of reggae, and this is Tanya Stevens with Yeah Not Ready. Be this yet. Okay. It's four o'clock. I should be able to pronounce my words. Anyway, enjoy the music. I'll be back in a few minutes with some, some uh with the interview. You are listening to KXSFLP San Francisco. A woman must be satisfied before you say you're done. You can't say a thing if you ain't up or get fun. Ah, you're not ready for this yet, boy. And you're a little fool, I say I am rule the world. And with my bum scary and I sleep over world. Get your act together for you look another girl. Ah, you're not ready for this yet, boy. Did you even realize a woman have no? You have been over young, little girl of one road. That's why you're not the man I eat, bully, pound of food. Have you ever asked her if she like how you do it? 
You need to take yourself before you start kiss your teeth Cause you're not ready for this yet, boy I don't get to know 
of Fine Foods, a family-owned and operated grocery store serving San Francisco's Park Merced neighborhood. Park Plaza features an expanded foreign food section along with all your other grocery needs, as well as a popular sandwich deli with a reputation that stretches well beyond their immediate neighborhood. Park Plaza considers their customers family and that's the way you'll be treated there. Visit Park Plaza Fine Foods at 111 Cambon Drive near San Francisco State University. Thanks for supporting KXSF 102.5 FM. And welcome back to uh, KXSF on this Monday afternoon in San Francisco. The show is Fifth Wave, Fifth Wave Radio. This is Pamela Bush, and we have a special program today. Instead of having all of it be completely feminist-oriented, we're going to talk a little bit about KXSF, the station, uh, with our new director, Zach Southern, and... Diversity will definitely be a topic, so we will uh, will not be going completely off topic of what we usually do. But uh, Zach, can you hear me? Yeah, thanks for having me on, Pamela. Oh, great, super good. Uh, thanks everyone for your patience. So yeah, no, I um, thank you. I know that you're actually out of town, so you're taking some time away to to do this. Much appreciated. That just goes to show your dedication to the station, right? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I. I love KXSF and I love community radio. It's something that has been a passion of mine for years. And I really am trying to devote as much as I can to getting us in a good spot. And thank you for, I mean, you're one of our newer volunteers and you've taken a lot of initiative already. So thank you as well. Well, it's, it's my pleasure. And, and the key, the key thing here is volunteers. We are all volunteers here at KXSF. We, we do this for the love of whatever it is that we're doing during our show. Uh, so let's, before we really launch into it, I know that you, unlike myself, have been working in radio for a long time. So can you tell everybody a little bit about how you got into, into radio and especially community radio? Sure. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> I've been doing it for, uh, I guess, over 10 years at this point, but which is, you know, a drop in the bucket for some radio vets. But um, it's been a big part of my life ever since I started on college radio. Um, I went to college in Richmond, Virginia, and did a show at just a small uh, student-run station called WVCW. We didn't even have an FM dial. We were all online. And uh, it was fun. We were, my roommate at the time also did radio at Boston before she moved down there. And she was the one that kind of nudged me into being like, hey, you should do this. You love music. You might as well put your money where your mouth is, basically, or put your mouth where everybody can hear it, at least. So that's how I started. After that, I hopped on a, a volunteer station in Richmond after that, and uh, after I graduated, and it was always just kind of a really big cultural hub, not only for my life, but for the city itself. I mean, it was, um, it was a station called WRAR in Richmond, Virginia. And everywhere you go in the city, you would hear it, you know, blasting out of cars, restaurants, what have you. And it just 
really was a non-commercial entity that put local artists kind of at the very forefront. And it was a very unique station in that way. Um, so that was kind of the station where I got my start on actual FM radio and just kind of aligning with their values and getting to know a lot about what actually goes into putting on FM radio and um, how much of a team process it is. It's really not, you know, it's not just an executive director or a board of directors. It's a whole community of people. And sometimes that, that's hundreds of volunteers. Um, so after that, I moved back home to Austin, Texas, and uh, I was lucky enough to find a, um, a station called KOOP, which is one of the only, if not the only, cooperatively run membership nonprofit organizations on U.S. radio. Um, so I was there for five years. I um, was a part of the programming committee, which was an entity that was elected by volunteers and members to basically help out in deciding what goes where on the schedule, um, reviewing applications for shows, and really just trying to find out who wants to be on radio among us and uh, kind of how to organize it so it would be in a logical stream. And um, that organization, it, like I said, it was set up like a cooperative. So it was very egalitarian and very democratic and um, it's, it's unlike any station that I've really witnessed, I guess. It's, it sets apart from something like NPR that's also a membership corporation, but in that it's cooperatively based. So there are different entities like the board of directors, but there's also a community council, which is also an elected uh, body within the structure of the organization. And, and it was completely focused on community outreach and kind of how to get the radio involved on things outside of the station and how to bring the community into radio and how to get that on the airwaves. So that was kind of, I was there for five years and, you know, that was a huge focus. And um, like I said, it was a very egalitarian way of looking at radio and honestly really inspiring because like I said, it wasn't just, you know, a few people running things. It was everybody running things. So after that, I moved to San Francisco area a couple of years ago and was lucky enough to find KXSF in January of 2020. So I've been here since then. And I have been impressed by a lot of things at the station. And uh, number one, just like kind of how it empowers its DJs and its volunteers to create things and to do things that are kind of it, do things that give them a lot of personal freedom and what they can, how they can structure their show, how they can present it, all that type of thing. And of course, there's always room for improvement. And um, that's kind of one of the reasons why I applied to be executive director a couple months ago. And uh, yeah. Yeah, let's just roll right into that. Yeah. So our previous executive director, I think he, so his name, he was Stevel. He went by Stevel and he was there for at least a couple of years, I think a few years. And um, he left earlier this year, I think it was late spring time. And uh, I had seen an email from the board of directors saying that there was a vacancy 
And um, I, I had always really wanted to kind of get a lot more involved in radio as a whole and non-commercial radio um, because community radio gives you so much more freedom as a DJ and as a programmer. And I really wanted to kind of step in and try to, to lend a new voice. Um, I, I had no idea how many people would apply or who would apply or anything like that, but I knew that there was a task force within the board of directors and our volunteers who were just kind of reviewing on who's interested and interviewing people. So I just decided to kind of go for it. And um, I've, I feel really lucky to have been offered the opportunity for it. And I, I also realized though that it goes way beyond me. I'm just kind of like one person within the organization. And one of the things that I wanted to do was I guess give more structure to the system of governance or kind of the leadership system because uh, talking with other volunteers before I was executive director and just kind of from my observation, there wasn't as much in the way of um, resources or um, if you had a question, you go to this person or um, we obviously have departments, but there, there wasn't as much clarity on how to get I guess, to those departments. So I think really just kind of focusing on um, organization within our organization and um, just kind of trying to offer what I have as uh, somebody who's been doing radio for over 10 years. So that was my initial interest in trying to apply for executive director. So uh, since you became executive director, which was what, a couple of months ago? or so it was i think it was right before the fourth of july so less than two months okay so there, there's been and i think i since it is somewhat public i i don't think i'm crossing a boundary by discussing this uh there's been some turmoil, oh, no. there's been turmoil here at the station and where uh a very valued volunteer who was the volunteer coordinator the person who actually trained me uh resigned and uh, he put his resignation letter letter up on Instagram, in it accusing the you know, the board of of racist behavior and trans and transphobia too, uh, and then there there have been since then there have been a lot of discussions about not just about that but other issues that have come up uh, KXSF in regard to sexism and bullying and. Again, I'm I'm the new I'm new here, and up until very, just a few weeks ago, I had a Saturday morning show. So you know, I I didn't experience any of it, but mm-hmm. of course, these things go on. They go on, and, and in the field I'm in, in the wine industry, the, it's rife with the similar issues. It you know, these, this is this type of behavior has been going on forever, and recently it's it's getting called out and called in. Uh, what ha- mm-hmm. it, in our case, in the case of the station, was called out. Uh, so, what do you? What is it that you think the station needs to do? I mean, my 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 personal feeling is that it, it's not about blame of who said what and who did what. There there have been a number of these issues raised. Uh, so clearly to me, there is there is a problem. There is a cultural problem that has arisen in the station. And I haven't been here long enough where I can like 
completely pinpointed, but having done a lot of work in, in sort of the sphere outside of the station, yeah, it's, there are some things that have become somewhat obvious to me. What? Well, first of all, what what is it you as as a white male kind of jumping into this role of executive director? What is your take on what's been going on? Yeah, and you know, to your point, um, Guillermo, who was the previous volunteer coordinator, uh, he was the person that was my first point of contact within the station too, and um, he was, you know, the person that I also reached out to the most, um, and. When he left, I, w- I was definitely taken by surprise. And when I kind of was offered the role as executive director and eventually accepted, uh, I didn't. I also wasn't fully aware of a lot of these issues that uh, were kind of called out, like you said. And unfortunately, a lot of in in a lot of organizations and just in general in like workplaces, a lot of these um, instances kind of happen on the margins. And um, so it isn't something that is seen day to day, but it's also something that we have to realize exists. And kind of one of the big things, I mean, I work in my place of work outside of the station, we've had a huge emphasis on recognizing unconscious bias and microaggressions. And um, that's just a huge thing that needs to be focused on across the board especially in nonprofit organizations that are representing a community. And um, so, and it's, it's also not lost on me at all that um, I accepted this role as a white male. And uh, I honestly thought that it would have been given to somebody like Guillermo just because of his kind of history of the station and his qualifications and, um, you know, there's obviously a lot that went down that I don't know about because it kind of exists between parties that have two different perspectives. And what I can do is just try to move forward and just create a system of inclusion and kind of try to integrate a lot more diversity, equity, and inclusion. And, um, one of the things I would love to do is just to create a lot more opportunities for growth and leadership for our volunteers, because that was one thing that I think was kind of missing or one. That's what I observed at least before I even took on this role. Um, it wasn't kind of clear who was doing what. And I think that's really an opportunity for growth. And one of the things that I've encouraged a lot of our volunteers to think about and, you know, one thing that I've, I've really been trying to say to a lot of our volunteers is if you have an aspiration within radio, like if you want, if there's something that you want to do here, then let's find a way for you to get there. And I think that's a big thing for our new volunteers that we will bring in in the future as well. So I think a big thing to focus on in the coming days is number one, creating an environment that is inclusive and that our version of diversity doesn't include exclusionary points of view. So it's, it's, it's disheartening and it, it really like kind of broke my heart to see a lot of these volunteers leave because they were excellent programmers and volunteers. So 
I think just prioritizing filling the vacancies that we have as a result with new voices and shows that will kind of be a beacon or a microphone for our community is going to be really important. Well, and first yeah. we, yeah, no, go ahead. Sorry. And first we also have to find out a better way to represent the community that we serve. And that's not only just our neighborhood of Bayview or the mission, just, but as San Francisco as a whole, because there's just, there is so much diversity here and we really need to tap in to how to better represent that and how to attract it to our station. So do you have any ideas? What's the game plan? Yeah. Well, I think, like I said, focusing on inclusion and diversifying programming. Um, Like I said, we do have vacancies on the schedule and just trying to focus on just meeting a lot more people within the community and finding out their interests and kind of gauging if they're interested in something like either being a part of the station as a board member or a volunteer or anything like that. Um, I think having more opportunities for community-based shows or non or um, news and public affairs shows would be a huge thing too. Um, right now we're kind of, so many of our shows are, are music-based, which is great. But I think there is a kind of a void left too where we could be focusing a little bit more on what's happening in our community and having people bring people in from the community and interviewing them or encouraging them to talk about what they see and what kind of change they want to see too. Um, Obviously streamlining training too is a big thing too. And kind of starting with what we have in our volunteers now, especially people like me, people like, Uh, our board of directors, departmental directors, kind of having them rethink about how we can encourage diversity, equity, and inclusion, and then also bringing in people from the outside to kind of help us get there. People like consultants who can help us to um, look at our programming and look at our structure and find out what barriers exist for acceptance or inclusion and just breaking down those barriers. So we're definitely going to discuss, there's much to discuss and we will get to that in a minute. We do need to take a quick break here. So if you can uh, just hold tight and we'll be, we'll be right back. Comes from Catfish, a San Francisco-based trio that believes live music is a critical part of San Francisco's culture, and that supporting independent radio bolsters the artists and venues that keep that culture thriving. Check out their Instagram page at catfish.antiband. That's catfish with a K. Thank you for supporting 102.5 FM KXSF. KXSF listeners, tune into the Pinkies Down Show with me, DJ Kate, Sunday mornings from 6 to 8 a.m. for deep cuts and contemporary classical music. I'm here to share how amazing this broad and expansive genre is outside of the standards. I know you're going to hear music you've never heard, and I promise you won't look at classical the same way again. And this is what independent radio curated by real people is all about. So grab your coffee and tune in to the Pinkies Down Show, Sundays, 6 to 8 a.m., only on KXSF 102.5 FM, San Francisco. And we are back. You are listening to KXSF 
FM in San Francisco. This is Pamela Bush, and you're listening to Fifth Wave Radio. And we have a special guest, interview guest today, Zach Southern, who is the executive director of KXSF. And we were just discussing how the he basically he started the position less than two months ago, and it there's a lot of turmoil. Uh, not so much. Surround not so much about about him personally, at least that I know, of, but just about the culture, uh, KXSF, and some of the accusations that have been uh, made against the station and regarding sexism and racism and transphobia. And you might be listening now and thinking, "God, why would I want to listen to this station?" Well, I think there's a, a lot of reasons. One is that this is uh, sadly this problem is not unique and. While it's been a difficult couple of months or six weeks, uh, I think the station is absolutely going to be all the better for it. You know, I, one of the reasons why I chose to stay, even though a number of show hosts left, was because after having various conversations with, with Zach and a few other people, I, I feel that there there's a great opportunity to really turn this around and, and make KXSF the community radio station that we want it to be. And... Uh, Part of that is just being really honest about and being transparent and being transparent with our listeners. So that that's what we're doing today. I'm sure we'll have other conversations about this in the future. But uh, for those of you who haven't had a chance to hear from Zach yet, and Zach, is this the first time that you're actually talking to the public as the executive director? Um, in this respect, okay, yes, yeah. Um, but it is something that I have been wanting to do. So thank you for for kind of offering this platform too. So I really appreciate that. And a lot of the communication that I've had so far has been within the organization and trying to, you know, see to just kind of gauge what the what's happening with our volunteers. But there also needs to be so much more work done um, outside of the organization, too, because, like you said, there is such a big opportunity now because we have vacancies on our scheduling and then also just in positions of leadership or um, volunteering at the station that could be filled by people who are just interested in getting involved in in community radio. Um, And, you know, I never thought that I would really be interested in community radio when I was a kid, but it's just something that kind of fell into my lap. And in talking with a lot of people who started off in radio, it's kind of the same thing. Um, So like you were saying, the, the opportunity is here. And one of my jobs and one of our jobs as a station and for our volunteers and board of directors and uh, departmental directors and everybody really is to try to kind of overhaul the way we approach inclusion. And that starts within. And that's, I think, been a lot of what our DJs, our volunteers and myself and a lot of people in our organization have been doing over the past month or so is just trying to trying to see what it is that we have within us that's keeping us from being more inclusive. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and that's that can be really difficult work. Uh, and yeah. I think that, you know, even organizations that have the best of intentions make mistakes. Yeah. I, I mean, we're human, we all, we all make mistakes. But 
I, there is a difference between the sort of the, the one-off mistake you make or the mistakes that just happen that are part of the course of learning and also really changing a culture around. Uh, yeah. And uh, I guess we, you know, we have to, as this was done very publicly, which personally I, I know that a lot of people here at the station have a problem with it. I personally don't because I, I would want to know I, – I want to know which – what the organizations and the companies that I support, if they're doing things that I'm not on board with, you know, I'm not right. into buying shoes from companies that are using sweatshop labor. But that's just, that's just a very, and you know, it's not these, I know there are different situations, but I think transparency is a good thing. Uh, I oh, know yes. that there are people who felt that some of the accusations made were unfair uh, the the mm-hmm. way that I look at it is whether it's not so much a question of what was fair, what was true, what wasn't true. I feel like there's just in the last six weeks or so with the different meetings, there's been enough that has been said that where, you know, clearly there there's something that needs to change here. And yeah. so I know that you've spoken with a DEI consultant and then that is one of the, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully we'll have that person on board and, and working with us soon. Uh, because, yeah. because it's going to take a lot to get our listeners who are put off by what they've read and what they've heard to trust us again and and yeah. to get people who might want to be DJs here to come come and work with us. It's like hire, we can't just say we hired a DEI person, come back. This is this is oh, yeah. going to be this is going to be a process. Absolutely. And in talking with people who are kind of focused on diversity, equity, and inclusion training, what they all say is it's not just about the training. It's about self-reflection and then kind of trying to figure out how to utilize the diversity, equity, inclusion that you learn from a training like that into kind of everything that goes on at the station. Like it's a lot of what from my perspective and from what I've heard from a lot of our volunteers is there's been so many kind of breakdowns in communication over the years and especially in recent times that have kind of caused this whole movement away from the station from people who had been at the station previously. And like you said, I mean, just being transparent and being honest with each other is a huge thing. And, you know, people can, make excuses for it but it's at the end of the day like you have to kind of start over and looking at how you as a person individually can improve and then how you can trans kind of transmit that to everyone around you so of course we want to have people like DEI consultants come in and kind of take a look at us from an outside perspective but we also have to be the ones to make that change ourselves. And also to, like I said, kind of bring people in who are on board with that. And then also who we haven't heard from at the station. Um, You know, we can't just continue to have programming dominated by one or two or three types of thinking, or um, we can't continue to have just specific types of programs. There needs to be a whole range of programming. And it, it, this really is a time for us to kind of look at our organizational structure and decide whether, what changes need to be made. And um, we have a set of bylaws in place and we have a board of directors who 
kind of creates those bylaws, but we can also take steps to change those bylaws if we want. And um, I don't want to jump ahead of myself too much here, but looking at our radio station, the structure of it in general as a non-membership-based corporation versus a membership-based corporation is one thing that I've encouraged our volunteers to consider. Can you explain what that is? What's the difference between the two? Sure. So a non-membership-based corporation or organization, a nonprofit organization, is basically, it means that you have a board of directors that is your main legal entity for the station. They, they are responsible for kind of up, making the bylaws and upholding those bylaws and appointing someone like me, the executive director, to kind of carry out a lot of the decisions and put it into operations. But the thing is with a non-membership based corporation or organization, people who are on the board are elected by other board members. Within a membership-based corporation or organization, the board of directors kind of are on a, they have term limits essentially, or they can have term limits and they're voted on by every volunteer or every member. And with a membership-based organization, you have to first kind of define what is a member. So at the at the station I was at previously, KOOP, a member was basically someone who put in a certain number of hours or um, paid a certain amount of dues monetarily to be a member. And once you are a volunteer member, you can vote on things like the board of directors or um, other positions of leadership within the station or even initiatives within the station. Um, like I said earlier, I was on the programming committee at the previous at my previous station, and we were voted on by the volunteers, um, and also the community council that focused on kind of outreach within our neighborhoods. That was also something that was voted upon. So that is one way that we can kind of create a lot more of an inclusive environment here at the station is by kind of starting to transition if we want to into a membership-based corporation so that there's a much more egalitarian kind of and democratic flow to decision-making. So, I mean, that I know that that is going to require a little bit of work because of the bylaws don't have it right, right now. So, right. yeah. Yeah. But what would you say are some steps that we can take, like some real concrete steps that you do want to see us take over, let's say, the next – be by the from now until the end of the year or so. Mm -hmm. Well, like I said earlier, just creating more opportunities for leadership and equalized uh, leadership and decision making at the station is a big thing. Right, um, but, but Zach, if you don't mind me saying yeah. so, as far as who we have left at the station right now, there are very few people of color at the station. Uh, totally. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there. Are yeah, I'm not sure how many LGBTQ people are, are still here because I know a mm -hmm. number left when, when Guillermo left too. So we're, we're talking about leadership from the current – from people who are still at the station and that's all – I know that there are people here who are extremely dedicated and they're a fantastic show host. But it if we're looking at putting these people in leadership positions, we're really going to have – it'll be this, the same thing. 
And it's not to say mm-hmm. that we shouldn't, because I, I know that we, we need to get things done, and people you need to have people who have the the responsibility to certain responsibilities and, and the power to do it. But I, I think there's also you know, are we looking at this temporarily as a way as a transition to creating longer term leadership? Well, it's a great call out. Um, Sorry. And no, no, it's okay. That's, I mean, these are the types of discussions that we have to have for sure. Um, So a big thing, I think that's a goal within our, our entire organization is diversifying and expanding the board of directors. Um, Right now we only have four and we can have up to 15 and as little as three. So kind of looking at recruiting for one thing, but also just expanding our board of directors to include a lot more people who we haven't heard from in the past. So that's a huge thing. Um, Also, like I said earlier, just kind of looking out at outreach and recruitment and having some, somebody like a volunteer coordinator or step up either within our organization or have someone new come in. And if they're interested in being a volunteer coordinator or a station manager or general manager type uh, role, that would be huge Um, because there are, you know, obviously a lot of operations based decisions to kind of go for. Um, And originally when I was offered the executive director position, a lot of the, those kind of operations based decisions weren't specifically kind of designated to me. So I am having, I'm doing a lot of them right now, but also kind of taking into consideration the voices that we have at the station now. But what I want is for a lot more voices to come into the station. So I've kind of set August or August and September as a time for us to look outside of our organization and try to talk to people who might be interested in either becoming programmers, volunteers, if they're interested in being a part of the board of directors, or if they would be interested in trying to help out with organization of operations or kind of how to, like we were talking about, bringing more diversity to the station, just trying to find out who would be interested in these things and um, how to get them into positions where they can make those types of decisions with us. So I guess the, the conundrum then is like, how, how do we go about doing that? Because there within the music community and, and the, the local radio community, people know what, what's been going on here. Um, Mm -hmm. So it, I know it's, it's a difficult situation because how, how do you change things up when people might be thinking, oh, well, I don't want to go over there. You know, not, not with all that's been going down, not if, the, if there's racism and transphobia and sexism, uh, that's not for me. And right. I know, as I said, you, you did step into a very difficult position. Uh, and I don't think that you thought that this was going to happen, but it did happen, and it, it's not easy. Uh, so... Have you had in some of the the talks you've had with some like DEI consultants? Mm-hmm. Are there any ideas of how we can 
try to gain our footing again in this community and and really let people know that we are changing things up so that people who are said people of color so that people who are LGBTQ so that people who are AAPI will want to come and have a show here. I say yes, okay, I think there's an opportunity here to be part of something great even if it's not what I would it, what I would want it to be right now. Yeah. So I mean, number one is just talking to people within the community just more one-on-one and treating them more as people rather than just as a recruit or something, you know? And when you say community, what what do you mean by that? Like within the musical community or? Within, honestly, the San Francisco community as a whole, whether it be some community activist leaders or people in the music community. I, I mean, people like yourself who are kind of wanting to do shows more about feminist culture, just um, talking with a lot of people who have very specific and or very passionate interests that they want to get more out in the open. Um, So just talking to people in that respect and then letting them know that there is an opportunity here for them to basically put their voice onto the air. And then also just being really honest about where we are at as a station and what we want to do moving forward, which is to basically be a place of inclusion and to have a much more equal system of decision-making. So I don't want people to kind of feel like they they can they just come here and their voice will never be heard you know i want them to basically think feel like they can be empowered to advance if they want to or to put their ideas onto the fm stream and so that's i mean that's a huge thing and then also just kind of uh, like i was saying earlier just trying to equalize a lot of the systems of decision making and leadership um and that it, some, by transitioning into something like a membership-based organization, I think that would speak volumes. Um, just to kind of indicate that we want to hear from everybody at the station. We want this to be a system that is kind of decided upon by our collective rather than having kind of one entity of a few people that are making a lot of the big decisions. So great. So let's um, pick up on that. We need to go for a quick break here, but uh, let's talk about that a little bit more and where you see the station going in the future when when we come back. Sure. Support for KXSF San Francisco Community Radio is provided by Babylon Burning, San Francisco's oldest screen printer. Babylon Burning is a San Francisco legacy business offering full service screen printing for your band or company. Located in San Francisco's Soma District at 63 Bluxom Street, Babylon Burning has served the Bay Area since 1976. Their website is babylontee.com. That's B-A-B-Y-L-O-N-T-E-E dot com. 
KKXSF listeners. Tune into the Pinkies Down Show with me, DJ Kate, Sunday mornings from 6 to 8 a.m. for deep cuts and contemporary classical music. I'm here to share how amazing this broad and expansive genre is outside of the standards. I know you're going to hear music you've never heard, and I promise you won't look at classical the same way again. And this is what independent radio curated by real people is all about. So grab your coffee and tune in to the Pinkies Down Show Sundays, 6 to 8 a.m., only on KXSF 102.5 FM, San Francisco. All right, so everyone you hear, that's independent radio curated by the people. Uh, I guess uh, the one question that I wanted to ask you, which we sort of got off this topic a little bit, but what is what makes community radio different from, like, public radio? Yeah, so number one, there's a lot more freedom within community radio to kind of put forth programming that's not – curated by anybody other than the DJ or the programmer of the show. So a lot of times within a commercial radio station or just like a public radio station, as, as opposed to a community radio station, you have to work within a set of parameters. Like it's, you have to kind of touch on a certain number of things. Like you have to play a song, a certain number of times per hour or per day. Um, and then with community radio, it really is the organization trying to put together kind of a smattering of different personalities and giving them a space to basically do what they want as long as it's within the legal parameters of being on the FM. Um, and then also specifically community radio, it's kind of taking the um, expectations or the culture that's created within whatever community that the station is serving and putting that at the forefront of programming and decision-making. So that's kind of one thing that I would love for us to kind of focus on more. Number one, to identify what community we're serving, kind of try to define what we are and then what the community around us we want to observe and uh, project and then from there try to figure out how we can get people from that community to be much more of a bigger part of our organization so i know you've just been here for like two years or so with the station or not even a year uh year and a half Yeah. yeah but what is the history of kxsf if you could just kind of give a quick rundown for, yeah. I think that would probably be that. I would love to hear more about that personally, but also I think that would be helpful for our listeners. Oh, yeah. So before KXSF was KXSF, it was KUSF, which was through the University of San Francisco. And so they got so much support from the university. And um, in essence, it was like a, a college radio station, but with um, – seasoned DJs and programming that is kind of um, controlled in a way within the university system. So they had a lot to fall back on Um, and funding, you know, was provided a lot by the university. Um, But they would give a voice to a, a lot of the time student DJs or people who would be teaching students how to be DJs. Um, which I think is a huge opportunity we have too. I would love to have us um, become much more of a hub for students within the community who want to become radio DJs. But 
eventually KUSF was dropped by the university. Um, from what I understand, there was kind of a new dean who I guess didn't necessarily think that KUSF is something that should be funded the way it was. So it was dropped and KUSF ceased to exist, um, at least in the iteration that it had before. So a lot of the DJs who were kind of lifers at the organization at the time wanted to find a way to keep the KUSF um, reputation and organization afloat. So they kind of transitioned into SFCR, San Francisco Community Radio, which um, kind of went on to become KUSF in exile. So it was a lot more of a web broadcast based program. And um, from there, it took years, honestly, for KXSF to become an FM station. Um, so now I think the current iteration of 102.5 FM KXSF is, has only been around for a few years, uh, not much longer than I've been around, something like three or four or five years. So, um, and a lot, of, a lot of the station KXSF was created by um, these veteran DJs who had been around since KUSF or SFCR. And so they created the bylaws and um, the system that's in place right now. So what we have right now is an opportunity to kind of take a closer look at the structure of our organization and to see what can be improved about it. And that's one of the biggest things that we're trying to focus on right now. If, if you don't mind, Zach, because we got started a few minutes late. So do you have a few minutes more that you could give us of your time? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, great. Thank you. So would you say, as someone who's been involved in community radio for a long time, that there has historically been a – what has the culture been around community radio? Because I can see coming in here as an outsider, there's some things that mm -hmm. I could see. And it's like, yeah, this is the same kind of – crap that I've been dealing with in the wine business for decades. Or so. But, you know, but, uh, but I have not been, you know, you're, you're like somebody who should be in, what was that movie uh, again? Uh, now it's with John Cusack again. Uh, High Fidelity. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it, and sometimes I feel that it, it is the station. And I like, I'll come in here and I'll say DJs and like the stuff they're playing and just their, their level of music knowledge is, is amazing, mm -hmm. but it, and I'm not saying this is true of any one person, but it's almost like it takes on its own, its own thing. And it, and yeah. it's, it's sort of in the same thing with the wine industry. Like when you really start getting into certain kinds of wines or like if you're into natural wine, it's sort of, it becomes its own little, it's almost like its own little club in a way. Yeah. And, it and clicky. I, right. Yeah. And is that something that you, that, you've seen happen within community radio too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, community radio does attract sometimes very specific types of people, oftentimes for lack of a better term, music nerds. And, you know, that's kind of how I transitioned into this, into radio as well, because I um, just have a very specific love for, like non-commercial music and commercial music too. But 
it can create, like you said, kind of a, an environment that seems clicky or like there's a lot of pretension there and exclusion. And a lot of the times it's not necessarily something that's intended on the part of volunteers, but it's, it can be a personality thing, you know? Um, so yes, community radio sometimes can attract a very specific type of person who um, honestly has a, a wide and expansive uh, knowledge of music. And so sometimes people can take that and look at it as it look at it as kind of a form of superiority and that's something that we need to kind of break down like we re we respect our djs and we respect that they have this knowledge but we also need to respect the the fact that we need to bring in other people who know things about different things that can be expressed on community radio and a lot of times that can be through expanding news and public affairs programs and having more community-based programs. Like, for instance, if there was a, a, a weekly show about what's going on in the Mission District, it could be a 30-minute program every week or every other week even. Uh, having something like that, that's, that's been something that I've observed elsewhere that's really worked and something that can be a way for us to give a voice to people who don't have a voice here. Yeah, there are so many people uh, who are doing really neat stuff in the city. Uh, but then again, not everyone wants to have a show. A lot of people, are they see a microphone and they freak out. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it is finding the right people. Well, so I uh, just wanted to remind everyone who's just tuning in, you're listening to KXSF.FM. Uh, in San Francisco, and uh, this is Fifth Wave Radio. I'm Pamela Bush, and my guest right now is Zach Southern, who is the executive director of KXSF. And we we have just a few minutes left to uh, to chat about KXSF, what's been happening here, and uh, let's talk about where you would like to see it going. Before we even started to have – before the issues that the station has really became – came to the surface and became public – what were your thoughts when you when you were applying to the executive director position of where you, you felt the station needed to go? Well, one of the things that I thought was really needed was just a more clear structure um, of operations and of governance within the organization. Because like I said earlier, it, it's, it seemed like there was kind of one person who was kind of the voice or the go-to person for just so many different things operationally and otherwise. And what I would really love to see is people kind of stepping up and identifying what they want to do at the station and what changes they want to see at the station. Personally, what I would love to see, like I, like I kind of just said, is to have more news and public affairs type shows or community-based shows where we get people from the outside of our station in particular um, to be represented here. Um, because that's just always been something that I've seen at community radio in the past. It's not all just kind of dominated by music. Uh, music is obviously a huge part of it. Um, but I think really putting more emphasis on community involvement um, 
and kind of presenting more opportunities for how you can be a volunteer other than just being a DJ, you know, um, we have, we've had in the past events or whether they be at the station or at venues or what have you out in the community. Um, and even if, if you want to, if you'd want to be a part of the station, you could get involved that way. You don't have to necessarily be a DJ or be on the air because not everybody wants to talk on the air, honestly. And that's totally fine. But there are just a lot of people who have a lot of respect for music as a whole within San Francisco and also just want to kind of express what's going on within the city. So that's, that's a big focus. Also, like I said earlier, just expanding and diversifying the board. Um, that's a huge thing that is really important to a lot of our volunteers and a lot of the previous volunteers we had that left and having it not just be dominated by a boys club or people who have been here for a long time. And so that is, I think, a huge area of growth that should and kind of needs to happen at the station is to just get a lot more voices in places of power within the station. Great. Well, that's th thanks for that. Is there anything else that you want to say uh, to those who are listening right now? I just want to thank everybody who's been a part of the station in any capacity since its inception, really, um, specifically to KXSF, but, you know, SFCR, and KUSF in general. Um, and I want people who might be listening who were previously a part of the station to know that we still value your words and what you've given us because it is a huge opportunity to build upon this station. Um, so even though like this has been such a big process to undertake, it's a necessary thing. And this, what's been going on over the last month plus was a way for us to address how to better the station. So I just want to thank everybody who, has been a part of the station in the past, present, future. Um, and then also just thank listeners and anybody who supported KXSF in general, um, especially over the last month. And um, just want people to know that we're really trying to focus, like I said, on how we can get a lot more involved in our community. And I really encourage all of, all of our current volunteers all of our current DJs or even listeners to go out in your community and kind of think about what needs more of a voice or who needs more of a voice and how we might be able to give that to them, whether it be through recruitment at the station or anything really. But, so yeah. how can people get in, huge... get in touch with like the station or get in touch with you if they have some ideas? Yeah, there is always info at kxsf.fm um you can do volunteer at kxsf.fm you can email me directly zach southern at kxsf.fm um i've been trying to compile a lot of feedback and trying to respond when i can to people who have really important things that we need to hear so 
I would encourage that communication. Great. Well, thank you so much, Zach. I know that you've got to fly back to San Francisco in a few hours, so uh, you probably have some packing to do. And I do. Get... Got to leave the dry mountain air of Colorado. Okay. Well, you'll be coming back to at least the, so far the air quality here is pretty good. That's Ho- good because it's not good here. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully it will, it will stay that way. Thank you so much. I'd love to have you back on sometime again. I'd love um, to be back. Hopefully in a, a few months when we really can, when we can really start to see some some change happening over here. Absolutely. Okay. And um, thank you for your patience and thank you for your feedback and thank you, Pamela, for having me on. I'd love to come back. Sure. It's been a pleasure. Have a good flight. Thank you. Sure.